understand the next time you play your family, that to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Welcome back, everybody, to Meet Us at Molly's. This is episode 24. I'm your host. Um, I'm Bryna. And with me, as always, is Gina. Hello. And Ashley. Hi, everybody. And this week, we're going to talk about um, Chicago BD, uh, the mid-season finale, episode 9, which is titled Monster. Um, and so let's just – we're going to talk about the news first. There's not a whole lot. Um Let's put it this way. There's not a whole lot of non-Ruzik news. We're going to talk about the Ruzik, all the Patty Pfluger uh, interviews and stuff that came out, but we're going to do that after we talk about the entire episode. So for non-Ruzik news, there's not really a whole lot that came out. Um, but there is um, – we did get an exclusive from Entertainment Weekly that says that there's going to be two big guest stars for a big Atwater episode, which is going to be January 17th, and it's called Captive. Um, Makai Pfeiffer and Jesse Garcia are kind of the big guest stars. Um, so there's a lot. They actually had a lot of details about this episode, which I was kind of surprised about. But the official like log line for the episode reads, you know, when Atwater goes missing, intelligence rallies to figure out what happened and res- like and rescue him before it's too late. Um, first, before I move into kind of the character descriptions of who Pfeiffer and Garcia are going to play, um, Atwater goes missing. Hello. What? Right. Yeah, I I don't know. I saw this when I think well, Royce was the one who's like Snapchatted a picture of the script, and it was yeah. just like a passing line where Boyd was like, "So Atwater gets abducted," and I'm like, "I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Is this 301 the sequel? I'm not ready for this." Oh, don't even remind me about 301. But yeah, um, but yeah, so it'll that should be interesting. But um, so Pfeiffer is going to play a guy named Joe Baker, who is a reformed gangbanger who served time and is still battling the ghosts of his past, which makes him neither forgiving nor forgetting. He's described as stoic, revengeful, and tough, but underneath all that, he's a grieving father and still who's still mourning the loss of his son. And then Garcia plays... Raimundo Raimundo Morales. Raimundo, probably. Uh Raimundo Morales who is a street-smart, hardcore coke dealer. It's, in quote, seemingly untouchable and chillingly confident in his criminal endeavors. He supposedly has a penchant for causing his enemies pain and is no stranger to seeking revenge. He sounds wonderful. So then obviously, like, how Atwater plays into this is kind of going to be the big surprise. But, yeah. That'll be – it's going to be – it should be a good episode. And I'm assuming – so the 17th – That'll be, like, the third episode after we come back from this hiatus. Yeah, so it'll be, what, 512, 511? 512, 512. Yeah. But, yeah. Assuming we have an episode every week, but we should. But, yeah. So that's all the really, like, non-Ruzik news that we have. Um, I'm curious to see how Atwater is going to handle being abducted. Yeah. Because we've seen how Jay handled it. We've seen how Burgess handled it in the warehouse episode. Oh, yeah. They should do like kidnapping people on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was just, I, we were literally just talking about this like before we started recording. I was like, this sounds like an episode of like Arrow or The Flash or something. Because characters on those shows get abducted all the fucking time. <laughs> For like mo- multiple episodes. But, you know, whatever. This is not a superhero show. So, yeah. But it'll be see, interesting to see how... Like, yeah, like you said, Atwater kind of handles it. How Lloris is probably going to kill his acting yet again, but that's no surprise. Um, But, yeah. So, I guess we're just going to start talking about the episode. We did break it down between all the stuff with the case and then Ruzik. And then there's a tiny, like, Jay Halstead scene we got to talk about. So, we're going to save that, like, and separate that. Um, But let's start with the case first. Even though that's not the first thing we see happen in the episode, we're going to talk about the case first. Um, so the case begins and we see Haley at a like kid's soccer game. And at first I was like, what is happening? Like, this is weird. Um, but it turns out, so Haley's trying to, she's going undercover and she's trying to bust this like prescription drug ring at the soccer game. And she meets like a soccer or fellow soccer mom, um, Julianne Hudson. And, you know, 
she kind of kind of low-keyly says, you know, I heard you're the person I could, like, talk to for getting some help. Like, I have back pain. Like, I, you know, get, can you get me some meds? And so after Julianne kind of feels Haley out a little bit, or Haley, she doesn't – did she have a code name in this situation? I think she did, but I don't know what it is. Um, I don't think so, she did, but – But Haley, in quotes, Haley um, – you know, she asks another mother, she's like, oh, can you bring my children home from the game? And the other mom's like, yeah, sure. And so she, Julianne takes Haley with her. And they get to, I guess, this isn't, like, totally clear, but I'm assuming it's just the parking lot for the convenience store. Um, but they're, like, sitting in the parking lot, and Julianne's like, okay, like, I've got your money. You know, I'm going to go talk to whatever, my dealer. And Haley's like, oh, I'll come with you. And Julianne's like, no, 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 like, he's a little skittish. Like, he won't take to me, like, coming in with more, like, more people well. And so Julian takes Haley's money and goes into this convenience store. And Jay is there as well, kind of obviously, like, playing lookout. And Julian, like, slips into the bathroom. And Jay, like, kind of takes a second. He doesn't really realize it before it's too late that Julian has, like, slipped out through the bathroom window. Um, and then they lose track of her. Can I so, just point out something here that was so funny? Yeah. So she goes into this convenience store, right? And then, like, she sneaks out through the women's bathroom. Did she know Jay was on to her or something? Like, where I just, does she usually just, like, go into a convenience store and sneak out the bathroom window before she does a deal? I think for me, I don't know if she realized Jay was on to her. But I think for me, it, like, what I kind of how I rationalized it was that she can't go back out through the front door or Upton's going to see her leave. Yeah. So she had to go out some way, and maybe I guess there's not a back door, so she decides to go out the bathroom because then she can leave the convenience store without Upton seeing her. What got me, or what what made me chuckle a little bit, you know, Jay's trying to be all, like, under the radar and smooth and undercover, but then she goes into the women's room and he waits outside. I'm like, mm, not very <laughs> inconspicuous, actually kind of creepy, but okay. Yeah, but he takes a second, though, and, like, you know, hopefully she's finishing her business, and he kind of, like, knocks on the door, and then he's like, Okay, like, I, he's like, I can't wait anymore. And then he just, like, busts through. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so then Haley and Jay kind of go decide to, like, stake out in front of Julianne's house. And Jay's like, are we really going to just, like, bust in through our house and, you know, in front of our kids and, you know, take her down for being a drug smuggler? And Haley's like, well, we took out this money out of the, like, whatever. I don't even know. What is it called when they, like. The 1505 fund. The 1505. I was about to. I know this is not right. I was a, like, the only thing that came to my mind was a 401k. And I was like, it is not a 401k. <laughs> it is not a 401k. The 1505 fund. Thank you. So Haley had taken the money out to buy the pills from the 1505 fund. And, you know, she's like, we have to get the money back before Voight notices and whatever. And she's like, and she reminds Jay, she's like, this isn't small potatoes. Like, there's been 17 overdoses in this suburban area in the last month. Like, this is clearly something bigger. And so... Then Julian's kids kind of running out, come running out of their house in a panic. And they're like, help, help. Like our mom, you know, she, something's wrong with her or whatever. And so of course, like Jay and Haley run into their house. And if I was the kids, I'd kind of almost be freaked out a little bit. Like who are these people? Like they say they're cops, they're not cops, but like whatever, I guess in the moment their mom's in trouble. So they, they'll just take any help. But I'd be a little freaked out about who these kids, who these people are, but whatever. Um, <laughs> And, so and Jay says see, it so quickly, too. Jay's just like, yeah, we're police. Yeah, like, and, like, they don't show him a badge. Or, granted, they're, like, seven, so, like, they probably just assume that if they say they're police, they're police. But still, I'd ask to see a badge. <laughs> um, um, but You were you know, a smart seven-year-old then. <laughs> yeah, I'd ask to see a badge. But, um, you know, Julian's sitting there, like, overdosing on, like, on the pills. And, you know, it's too late. You know, they were too late. And she ends up just, like, dying there, which is kind of sad. But... Anyway, so Voight comes, and obviously now it's a crime scene. And so they inform him. They inform him that you know Julian stole the money from them to get her own fix. You know before her kids got home. But of course, our favorite person, Denny Woods, shows up on the scene as well. Fucking Denny. Um, and you know he just tells Voight, you know, he's like, "Did you know that Julian was the daughter of you know Judge Tommy Wells?" And he was like, "No." And he's like, "Yeah." Um, and Voight's like, oh, he's like, we served at the academy together. And Woods is like, yeah, well, now you understand why this case is so important. Like, pretty much just, he, Woods is like, eat, sleep, breathe this case. Like, don't do anything before, like, justice is brought to this family. 
Woods points out something interesting here, too, because he points out he's like, finally, like, you know, a white person was killed by the opioid crisis. It's finally going to make the front yeah. pages of the Tribune. Yeah, that's a yeah, this whole the, the political like social it, part of this case, I think they I don't think they even touched on it enough, like especially considering the standards of all the other things they've touched on in these first nine episodes. Like I kind of expected them to go at it a little bit more, but they really only kind of touched on it from that one line but yeah i kind of i guess expected just a little bit more from them at this point yeah at least just to kind of drive home the impact of the case right like i mean they're already going so far as to like talk about you know a suburban mom like being impacted by it like i don't they just kind of like once wood said that line they kind of just dropped that part and it became this like 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 this just like you know trying to find the dealer case which i kind of which I liked, but it was also like they could have gone a little bit further, in my opinion, with it. Yeah. Um, so back in the bullpen, you know, the team's trying to figure out who Julian's supplier was. Um, and Atwater is like, oh, yeah, you know, checked her phone or whatever. And the last call that she made was to Advance Williams, and it was 32 seconds long. And apparently from, like, looking into the other ODs, they found that six of the other 17 ODs that had happened within the last month also had made a call advance, made a call to advance as well. So the team's like, let's go scoop him up. Um, but before they go scoop him up, Voight is the one who goes to Wells's house and breaks the news about Julianne being dead. And Wells goes on this whole thing about, you know, how, you know, Julianne became a drug addict and, you know, she was hooked on pain meds for a while. And he's like, you know, but despite that, you know, she was still my little girl. Like, you know, daddies aren't supposed to have favorites, but, you know, she was my favorite. And he's like, I wish I could offer up a name. But, you know, the deeper Julianne got into drugs, you know, the further she isolated herself from the rest of us. And then Voight, we've seen a lot of this this season. Like, Voight going a little, like, mentioning Justin a lot more, which is really interesting. Because Voight is not someone who really kind of talks about his family and talks about his emotions and his feelings. But he talks about Justin again in this moment. And he's like, you know, the pain never goes away, but there's some sort of consolation when the justice is done. And so that's what Voight and his team is hoping to do in this situation. Which is interesting to me how he he has played the Justin card a couple times. But at this point in the episode when he's like, yeah, there's some consolation when justice is done. I was like, all right. In this case, you're talking about finding the killer and bringing him to justice. In your case, you're talking about murdering the guy. Yeah, that too. But I was like, oh, boy. Again, it's, like, almost just, like, oh, you just kind of admit it. And, like, I mean, we'll talk about kind of what happens at the very end. But, you know, Voight pretty much just all admit but admits to having killed just or Justin's killer. Yeah, I think we had gotten confirmation about that, like, either at the end of season four or at the beginning of season five, I think. When Voight went to the social club and the guy was, like, you still owe us for Justin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Just yeah. interesting how Voight's totally talking about two different things there. He's like, yeah, let's find this guy and throw him in jail. Meanwhile, Justin's killer is dead. Yeah, but either way, pour one out for Justin Voight. Um, but anyway, so then we go to see, like, the team scooping up Vance. And Kim is the one who goes undercover at this bar that Vance works at. And, you know, she pretends to be in need of pills. And she kind of turns you know, uses that away against him and, you know, just ends up kind of arresting him like right there oh. on the scene. And I love ahead. that scene. There's like, there's something small here. So, uh, you know, she's drinking her wine, whatever. And then he's like, I'm free in 10 minutes. She's like, actually, you won't be. And then Burgess and Antonio arrest him. And the guy just calls Kim a bitch. And Antonio just stops arresting him and listens and goes, hey. Like, yeah. It's a small yeah. moment, but I love that. I don't know. I thought it was cute. I like the antonio kim partnership too like we've seen it a couple times now and like that was a really good moment um for like i just like seeing them work together yeah i want to see more of them yeah i hope we'll get to see like a good episode for them like where they're actually kind of the forefront of people going undercover together um but yeah so they take vance in and vance pretty much like he admits to knowing julianne but of course he denies that he had anything to do with her death um which is kind of stupid considering that she died from an overdose and he's the one that sold her pills. So yes, you might not have shot her in the head, but you still are the one that killed her technically, whatever. 
semantics, you know, the whole thing. But he's like, you know, before I'll say anything, he's like, I'm not going to say anything until I get a deal. Of course he wants the deal. Because all criminals want a deal. Was um, this the so- scene where um, Voight made the total dad joke? Like, Voight and Alinsky are trying to get him to make a deal and he says no. And then Voight looks at him and is like, last chance. Vance. Like, it's a total dad joke. I was sitting there and I was I like, waiting for it. I I noticed like, that. I, I, I mean, it was a dad joke. So, of course, I noticed it. And it's like, oh, Voight. I don't even think I noticed. Interesting. But yeah, I'd assume that would be the scene. Because um, then the next scene is a much more tense scene, so it wouldn't have been in that one. So Vance and his attorney are meeting with Anna Valdez. Hi, Monica. Um, to work I on a deal. And, and Boyd's there as well. And Vance and his attorney want full immunity and a temporary release for his cooperation. And Anna's like, this is nuts. Like, you've basically, like, we've got all this evidence. You know, we can, like, get him. Like, why are we going to let him go? And then Judge Wells comes in, and he just basically says, you know, he's, like, talking about how opioid opioid addiction is killing our country, and that if they have to make some unsavory deals to save it, then so be it. Interesting to hear a judge say that, but okay. You know, it's at the end of the day, in this case, it's a father trying to save, get his some justice for his daughter, not necessarily a judge, but, you know, still to hear a judge say that is pretty interesting. Um so Anna's like, okay, fine. And she ends up giving them just like 24 hours and like partial immunity. And so Vance is supposed to be setting up a deal with or a meeting with his dealer, Frank Barrett. And so Kim and Antonio and Kevin and Adam, they all, they have him like Vance like monitored and he's still in the house. He hasn't moved. And so they go and check on him because, you know, they haven't really heard anything from him either. And so, but when they get inside, they see that Vance is shot in the back of the head. Because of course he is. Of course he's dead. Um, and so the next morning, the house has now obviously become a crime scene. And Haley's telling Voight that, you know, the front door was locked and whatever. So it was a forced entry from the back. And then they also talk about how there's a shoe print that was left. It was clearly a size 11. Um, it's still visible on the ground, but it can't be Vance because Vance apparently wears a 7-9, so it's clearly the footprint of whoever the intruder is. And then they also found um, several prescription bottles, like pill bottles, that are half burned in a fire, but they can still make out the name of the doctor who's there, and it's a Dr. Lewis Macy. Also apparently in the house in the next scene, Kevin's like, hey, boy, you know, or hey, Sarge, whatever. He doesn't call him boy, whatever. He's like, you know, there's at least $20,000 in this shoebox on the floor. Like, you should come look at it. So then Voight goes and, like, picks it up and kind of sticks it in his pocket. And Ruzik's like, hey, you know, Sarge, like, I'll take care of that for you. Like, I'm going to do the case report for this one anyway. And Voight's like, no, no, no. Like, it's fine. I got it all. I'll get into evidence. And that's kind of all the scene is. But it's an important one for when we come back and talk about the rest of what happens later on. Um, And so... Antonio and Cam decide they're going to go talk to this Dr. Macy and in his office. And he's like, yeah, you know, like, do you have any explanation? And Antonio's like, do you have any explanation for what happened? Like, why this could have happened? And he's like, yep, I do. And at first it's like, wait, are you just going to admit this, like, stone cold? Like, you're just going to come out clean? But of course he does. He's like, he's like, no, you know, the explanation is that my office was broken into six months ago and they stole computers and petty cash and prescription pads. And then Antonio thinks he's going to get him. And he's like, did you call the police? And and Macy's like, yep, called the police. Your brothers in blue came and, you know, took my statement and, you know, said the whole thing. And then they're like, oh, well, do you know a Frank Barrett? And he's like, no, I don't know anything about that name. But, you know, this is my alibi. Like, here it is. So, of course, it turns out that his alibi does check out. But intelligence still goes to want to like check out Barrett and they finally narrow down to the Barrett they think they're talking about um, because they narrow him down as the owner of this bar called Blazes. It turns out Vance had worked there at one point and also two of the people who were patients quote-unquote on the pill bottles they had found. Um, So they figured that's probably their guy so they go to track down Barrett. It's Hanukkah Cooper! Yes. That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, my God, Hanukkah Cooper. What? 
I think a lot of Twitter said that too. I love that he popped up and everybody's like the same question. Is that Hot Uncle Cooper? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is Michael Trugo, who, of course, if you didn't watch One Tree Hill, A, you need to get on it. But B, he played Hot Uncle Cooper. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you what the actor's name is. I just like forever I'm going to call him Hot Uncle Cooper. <laughs> and it's not even just like Cooper. It's like it has to be Hot Uncle Cooper. Yeah, yeah. We He was at uh, ATX Festival in June. He was there for the Battlestar Galactica re- uh, reunion. So yeah. that was cool. We got to see him. Yeah, it's Michael Trucco. And he's been on a ton of stuff, too. He's been in How I Met Your Mother. He was Wasn't on Revenge. He, yeah, I was going to say he was on Revenge because I was reading a recap or something. And they were like, oh, yeah, like, you know, Michael Trucco, who was on Revenge with Nick Wetzler, who was on PD. And it was just like, oh, full circle. Just Wait, like, he was on Revenge? Yeah, he was one of the brothers uh, that got involved. I, and, of course, my revenge knowledge is very rusty. But this is – I think this guy and his brother – did they came to Jack about something with the bar. I can't remember what, but I think they were responsible for killing Amanda, not Emily, Amanda, other Amanda. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, oh, my, okay. I need to brush up on my revenge. It's rusty. I've never watched revenge, but I just had read that somewhere. It's like, Oh, full circle. It's good. Anyway. So as I mentioned earlier, Barrett owns the bar and it happens to be where two of Macy's patients, alleged patients and Vance all worked. And so Barrett's confronted by Jay and Haley, and he obviously, of course, he claims that he knows nothing about what happened to Vance. Um, and he's just like, oh, yeah, it's a tragedy, though, but, like, I don't know anything. So they kind of just let him go. But then, of course, apparently, Frank, they found out later that Frank called Dr. Macy 30 minutes after Haley and Jay confronted him. So they're both lying because they both know who each other is they why do we lie to intelligence stop doing that i don't know they think they're like they're gonna get one over on intelligence but they're not it's so bad never no but it turns out apparently macy is frank's cousin and so they go and snatch up macy again and of course he's in the middle of this like i don't know in the middle of sex and they're in the middle of this fling with his drug addict girlfriend andrea but so they just take both Macy and Andrea at the same time and they split them up. They're not going to let him, you know, go in. And Andrea's like, what are they doing? He's like, she's like, Macy, you know, like, or Lewis, he's like, just give them what they want. He's like, yo, I'm coming. He's like, I promise. It's just like a whole dramatic thing. And like, chill, like, you're going to be fine. No one's arresting you yet. Just like give up the information. Um, but of course, Macy refuses to kind of, he admits that Frank is his cousin and that he lied to kind of protect his family. Um, but he refuses to wear wire and, like, trap his family. And Andrea is in the other room, and Jay and Haley are talking to her, and they're like, come on, like, just, you know, stop, like, running around in circles. Just tell us what you know. And Andrea's like, no, I promise I don't know anything. Um, so they end up letting her go, but not before they kind of figure out a way to use both of them. And so they find out a way. They figure they come up with this plan to use her to ultimately get to Macy and ultimately use Macy to get to Frank Barrett. So they set the trap for Andrea. So as soon as she's released, they kind of think that because she's such an addict that she's going to go just immediately buy drugs, which she does. Um, So the minute she's released, she goes and buys drugs and they've trapped her and they arrest her literally this time. They actually arrest her um, and they bring her back in. And, you know, Voight and Halstead are talking to Macy and they're like, yeah, you know, we actually just arrested your girlfriend for buying drugs. And he's like, no, no, no. Like she didn't have anything to do with it. And he's like, no, but we caught her this time. Like, actually buying drugs like that's the offense um and they're like but you can you know andrea will let andrea go you know she can go to rehab if you just like start cooperating of course it's a whole scheme but macy finally kind of explains the whole situation like his whole backstory with frank and why frank you know wanted the prescription pad so apparently frank apparently macy got a loan from frank for his divorce and he couldn't pay it back so frank stole his or started using his prescription pads as a way to kind of like even the playing field so and like i said macy kind of finally agrees to wear the wire and meet with frank and kind of help intelligence capture frank so there's an interesting moment with ruzik and macy and ruzik's kind of working on being the tech person and kind of wiring macy's phone up for this meeting and macy's like hella nervous like real nervous and Ruzik's like, you know, you're a guy with no good options. Like, sometimes two wrongs make a right. Clearly talking about his own situation, but, you know. I also don't agree with that necessarily. Like, if you, just as a statement, 
two wrongs don't make a right, but I also am not going to hold that against Ruzik because I love Ruzik and we'll talk about that when we get to I think he's just trying to rationalize his own situation. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, But yeah. Um, I also just, this, every time I see like Ruzik or Atwater working on something tech related, I'm just like, I fucking miss Mouse. Like, why can't they just, I mean, not that I want them to replace Mouse, but I'm also like, A, the reason they brought in Mouse is because they said they don't know how to do the tech stuff. So why are they still doing the tech stuff? But B, I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like, I miss Mouse. I just want them to bring him back. I do, too. Same. But it also just, like like I said, the, first, the whole reason they brought Mouse in the first place was because they didn't have someone to do the tech stuff. And now they don't still have anyone to do the tech stuff. And, but yet they don't, like, have any. It's the whole cycle. Um, so basically, Macy goes and, you know, gets in position at this park for his meeting. Turns out, though, he's terrible at committing crimes, and Frank is easily, like, able to deduce that he's being set up because Macy's just terrible at lying and acting and everything. And so Frank kind of not kidnaps Macy, but kind of leads him into a tunnel and so they can have their conversation in private. They're not really in private, but in private. And Frank ends up shooting Macy, and Frank runs away. And, but intelligence and Hank's like, you know, he's like, we don't, we're not going to get in and shoot out here in this crowded park. Um, he's like, don't shoot, like, don't, you know, keep an eye on him, but like, just stay low. Like, we're not trying to get out, get into this here, which is also interesting because this is not the first time they've had a shootout in a crowded place. No, it's not. But you know what I found funny was that it's a crowded park, but it's also pouring rain. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. There are a lot of people in this park for like a downpour. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just, but it's like, I can think of like three instances off the top of my head where they're in crowded places and it doesn't matter. They're still going to get into a shootout. So I was just like, oh, in this one instance, you're not going to get into a shootout, but we'll go with that. You um, know what else I found funny was when, because I know you, like, where Burgess follows him, obviously. Yeah, Burgess and follows then, him onto a bus. That's the next part of the story. Before they even do that, you know, he's kind of onto her. And so he turns around and Burgess tries to, like, act like she's not following him. And she just looks at the kid. She's like, is that a zebra? And that's it. Like, that's awkward. Like, what is with the one Chicago world and zebras this week? Because Natalie on med <laughs> and Burgess was, yeah. Yeah, um, the whole fascination with zebras. But that was just funny how that's, like, random adult comes up to this kid and is like, is that a zebra? Okay, bye. Yeah. And so Burgess, like we said, Burgess follows, you know, Frank onto a bus. And she kind of sits behind him and kind of has to play it cool. Like, she doesn't have a gun, but, you know, whatever. And Voight also before it leaves, casually strolls onto this bus like there's no problem. And so together, they kind of use that as a way. Like, and they end up taking Frank into custody and at gunpoint. Um, that had a scene. It brought me back to season one when, was it Antonio's kid that got yes. shot and Aaron got on the bus and yes. then Antonio got on? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought about that, too. Yeah, it's, That's like, an episode, like, one or two. Yeah, it's, like, one of the first yeah, things. Yeah, something like that. I actually just rewatched that episode a couple weeks ago, and... It was just one of those things where I was like, damn, this is a really good episode. I just, like, forgot. I was like, this is really good. Yeah. Early season one PD. PDs. Yeah. That's really good. Oh, um, those were the days. Those were the days. Um, but, yeah. So, Frank's back into custody and Voight's sitting there, you know, informing him of all the charges they have on him. And thanks to his cousin flipping on him, of course. And Frank's like. Pretty much just all it. He's like, yeah, the pills. That was my job. Like, I did that. Whatever. He's like, but I swear, like, I did not kill Vance. And he even goes obviously as far so far as to admit that he was meeting another doctor at a hotel to try and like set up another business arrangement. So he totally admits to the pills. Um, but he's like, I swear, he's like, I did not kill Vance. He totally knows he's screwed though. Oh yeah. Like I mean, the pills is enough. Like you didn't have to kill Vance. Like I mean, you're getting charged for killing Vance, but like the pills was enough anyway. Um. And so Voight, the kind of the end of the episode for this whole, for wrapping the case up is Voight goes to see Wells and tells them they're charging Frank with Julian's death. And Wells is like, oh my God, that's wonderful, whatever. And then Voight starts asking all these questions because Voight's a smarty. And he's like, you know, what about your old service weapon? Um, and apparently it's, so apparently Vance was shot with the same ammunition that was found in those guns. 
which is something they've stopped doing in with Chicago PD in like the early 90s. So like it couldn't be, you know, anyone else's like new gun. It had to be like an old service weapon. So it makes sense that that checked it off as Wells. And then he also asked Wells if he is a size 11. And he also mentioned, Voight mentioned that Frank's alibi regarding Vance's death checks out. And so Voight says, you know, he's like, I know what it's like to look in the eyes of the person that killed your child. Another Justin Voight reference. Hello. Um, And so Wells kind of basically says, he's like, even if you did have evidence on me, like I have an army of friends after 30 years of service and, you know, I can, you know, get out of this. No problem. He basically all to, but admits that like, he's the one that actually killed Vance. And so Voight, points out that, you know, while he might not be charging him, he wants Wells to know that Voight knows what he did and that Voight's kind of kind of keep be keeping an eye on him. I want to know who taught this guy or who taught these guys that were in the academy in Voight's years. Because, like, these guys are crazy. That came from Voight's class at the academy. Like, yeah, they commit murder. They get away with murder. Like, no big yeah. deal. Yeah, because we've seen, you know, obviously Al falls in that class and then there was there's been a couple of people we've seen you know over the years that have been from like Voight's class or like from their time like when they were young cops and yeah I don't know that class did some crazy shit I want to know who taught them and what they taught and if that guy is still alive can we bring him back because he sounds interesting well it's funny too because like I think kind of the idea is that like when Ruzik was in the academy because he's obviously the only one we've ever seen in the academy um, you know, Ruzik was a little bit of a hothead for just kind of like dealing with getting the gun, you know, the, the object of when we saw Ruzik in the academy was like get the gun out of the guy's hand and like keep him alive. And obviously Ruzik kind of just like deals with it in this very like hot-headed way. And I'm like, well, I can only imagine what it was like for Voight and them at the academy then if this is what Ruzik's dealing with right now. Right. And it's supposed to be way less intense. So crazy. Yeah, it's insane. And but, how Voight's um, just like, I know you murdered the guy, but whatever. It's cool. Yeah. And so in exchange for the lack of charges, Voight's like, I've got a favor. And Wells is like, anything. And that's kind of where it ends. So that's the case. Um, Did you guys see? Okay. Did you guys see the whole Wells being the one in charge of Vance's or being the one that murdered Vance? Did you guys see that coming? I didn't. I feel like I should have, though. But uh, a light bulb totally just went off in my head. But I'll wait until after we talk about Ruzik. Um, but no, I didn't see that coming. I feel like I should have, though. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Ashley? No, I didn't see it either. I didn't see it either. And I feel like I am agree with Eugenia. I feel like I should have seen it coming because the rest of the episode was so predictable. Like, not in a bad way, but that it was predictable. I was like, oh, of course, like, you know, Frank and Lou- or Dr. Macy have some sort of connection. Like, of course, Vance, you know, ends up dead. Like, those parts of the episode was like, oh, yeah, like, of course I see that coming. But I did not see the Wells thing coming at all. I feel like if PD has taught me anything, it's to stop giving people the benefit of the doubt. And yet I do it every single effing time. Because I was like, he wouldn't do that. You know, he's a judge. He's an upstanding citizen. My ass is yeah. an upstanding citizen. No, but I, that was like, so I... We haven't talked about this yet in this podcast, but I got to see the episode early. Um, And so I had written a teaser post for one of the websites that I write for. And that was like my kind of tease about the case was that like, yeah, the case was good. And, you know, it was kind of predictable, but like I didn't see the ending coming. And yeah, I did not see that coming at all. But it was a good twist. Like it was in a good way. I didn't see it coming. Right. Um, But yes, that's everything for the case. Um, now I guess let's move into the kind of big emotional crazy part of the whole thing, which is the Ruzik stuff. Um, I know it's brutal. It's so brutal. It's so brutal. Um, so the episode, the entire, the whole episode begins with this Woods and Ruzik meeting and Woods is not happy with Ruzik for not giving him like a smoking gun with Voight, you know, as like a clear way to get Voight. And Ruzik argues that like, you know, I gave you the video of Jay, like, you know, of Halstead in this bar fight, like, that should be enough. And Woods is like, Psh, no, of course it's not enough. Like, I need something more, like, incriminating. And so basically Woods gives Ruzik 24 hours to bring it to him or else. Like, okay, he- so my theory about Woods being after Halstead was ridiculous. I fully admit that now <laughs> because it has been debunked. So I was grasping at straws, y'all, okay? 
Yeah, I mean, but that's, it's not a bad, when you're grasping at straws, like, that wasn't a bad theory to have. I just don't want to believe that Ruzik is in this position. That's all. So I was in denial. That's all. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, Ruzik is in this position. Um, so later on, and like kind of halfway through the episode, um, Ruzik is talking to Platt. Like right after um, Andrea and Dr. Macy get brought up to intelligence, Ruzik's talking to Platt. And he's like, can I see the folder from the crime scene at Vance's house? And so she's just like, sure. She just gives it to him. And he, of course, obviously Ruzik wants to check to see if Waite logged $20,000 into evidence. And it turns out he didn't. Um, and he goes back upstairs and he asks Boyd about it, but like nothing really comes about it. Turns out though, Ruzik has been wearing a body camera this whole time and Ruzik in like his button or whatever on his flannel shirt. And so Ruzik actually got video evidence of Voight taking the money. And clearly if it's not been logged into evidence, then Voight has it. And that's enough to turn him in. To a, as a criminal no no I know also I wonder if that is how he has acquired that ginormous stash of money in his basement all these years from taking it from like crime scenes yeah but I thought it part of it came from like in the first season you know when he's dealing with oh what the fuck is his name um, the guy he's supposed to turn in to the guy with, like, the leather jacket that kind of sits in the middle of nowhere with, like, the hat and, like, gives him money because he's supposed to play dirty. Like, part of his being released is that he still puts out that he's dirty to whatever that guy is. Oh, shit. I can't about? remember his name either. But you know who I'm talking about, right? He's, like, a sure. bigger black guy. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. You I know what I'm Maurice. talking about. Maurice. Maurice. That's his name. Yes. yes. Okay. So, but Maurice, every time Voight, you know, every time Maurice would ask him for a favor, Voight for a favor, he would give him, like, $5,000. So I just always assumed it came from that or like part of that, like is where it came from. I don't know. Yeah, that could be. And maybe it's a mixture of it. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Now I'm curious. Where does Voight get all his money? But like stealing it from crime scenes, that's a risky thing to do over and over and over again. See, and that's part of the reason why I think I think it came more from like Maurice type people is because prior to Voight being in jail, he was with the gangs unit. So it makes more sense, I feel like, for him to be getting it from gang members rather than, like, crime scenes. Because he wasn't doing as much crime scene stuff. Yeah, prior. and using that money for good. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Who knows, though? So many Voight theories. Who knows? Anyway. Okay, so Ruzik is going out into the parking lot after they're trying to, I don't even know what, what point of the episode this falls in. It's still in the middle of the episode somewhere. But Ruzik runs into Woods in the parking lot. Ruzik's, like, going to his car, and Woods, like, rolls down the, the, like, window. And Woods, like, you need, like, you know, like, basically kind of makes Ruzik jump. And Ruzik's like, holy shit. Um, and Woods confronts him about planning the cash for Boyd. And I, and I was like, oh, dear God, you mean Ruzik planted that as, like, a seed for Voight to get caught? I was like, dear Lord. I was like, no. No, 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 no. Um, hate it. It's so bad. But anyway, Ruzik kind of lies to Woods and says that he's never planted it and he needs more time to plant it. Um, and Woods doesn't really give him that much more time. He's like, you know, by 6 p.m. tomorrow, like, you either bring me the cash or proof that Voight took it. And he has – and Ruzik's, like, wearing his sunglasses and he has this moment – Woods says, and he's like, like basically trying to assert his authority. He's like, you need to remove your glasses when you talk to me. Bro, too far. Too far. Ruzik does not take off his aviators for anybody. No, in fact, we encourage him to wear them at all times. Yes, for sure. <laughs> too far. Too far. Um, I also don't like how he ambushed him. Like, okay, creeper. He's like, hey, what's up? Ruzik's like, the fuck are you doing here? Right. Like, if you, I get that, like, obviously you're trying to keep away from Voight, so you can't just go into the bullpen and, like, talk to Voight or Ruzik, but, like, you could have done it a better way than that. Mm-hmm. So then Ruzik goes and calls in this lawyer friend to meet him at a bar. Lawyer friend with yeah. air quotes. Marina had a good tweet about it. She was like, who is this lawyer friend? Like, what? Like, it was like, basically just, like, Marina being this big, like, Berzik stan and being like, who is this lady? Who is she? Huh? Huh? Ruzik, you got something to say? What? Yeah. Um, and so Ruzik basically calls his lawyer friend to meet him, and he wants to give her this, like, hypothetical scenario, a.k.a. his own situation. 
about, you know, like hypothetically, what would happen if um, my friend, you know, lied on a police report and for a DUI and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, that friend would be looking at five-year prison sentence um, because, you know, she says the reason is everyone wants to bury a cop these days. Um, yeah. There's a moment here when they first meet up that she's like, oh, I haven't heard from you in a while. And Ruzik's like, yeah, I actually didn't call about that. And Adam goes, that? Or no, not that. Um, Adam's like, yeah, I didn't actually call about that. I'm sorry. Like, that? Uh-huh. What is that? What is this that you speak of? Yeah, like, where does this that fall into his romantic history? Oh, they've totally been hooking up. Oh, yeah. Um, dear Lord. Yeah. Um, remember that time we actually wanted to see Ruzik hook up with other people? Um, you guys still want that. I'm over here like, no, thank you. I still kind of want it. But, like, at this point, I think we're, like, way closer to Berzik. Like, not that I still think it's a couple episodes away, but I think we're way closer to Berzik getting back together. So I'm, like, less for it now. But. I'm a knock on wood now that you just put that out into the universe. I know. I'm knocking on wood. I'm sitting at a wood table. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Ugh. Yeah. I still am here for a Ruzik and Kid hookup. I was like literally just about to bring that up. Yeah. If we weren't at the places that we are at with their respective storylines. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. True. True. Anyway. So then these like last couple scenes, they're so hard to talk about. I, know. I, don't, even, I, I don't even want to talk about it right now. Well, this uh, next scene is pretty badass, though. It's pretty badass, but it's still like. Anyway, um, so Ruzik meets with Woods again, and he's like, I've come to a conclusion about the whole situation. And he's like, screw you, Woods. Woohoo! Thank God. And and Woods is like, wait, what? He's like, that's like the wrong math equation, like for the wrong conclusion. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, what you don't get. He's like, Void is my family. And that's what you don't seem to understand. He's like, they're all my family. He's like, I'm not. And he's like, I'm not giving to give them up for the likes of you. You tell him like it is, Ruzik. You tell him like it is. Um, this next part was, I thought, was really interesting. He's like, he tells Woods, you know, that the only reason Woods wants to even get Voight so bad is because, you know, he's not nearly half the man that Voight is, and he never will be. Okay, I don't, I've never really heard anyone say Voight is this, like, incredible man, but I guess I can understand, you know, Voight is, for him, like, almost like in some ways a pseudo father figure. Um, but it was just interesting. Like no one ever talks about Void as being this like stand up guy. And so for Ruzik to kind of say that was just really interesting. And so it many was words. interesting. Yeah. And when you bring it up that way, that is interesting, especially all the stuff we've said about Void this season and how the stuff he's been doing has been driving us crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's interesting. I, I wonder what version of Void Ruzik sees that we don't. Yeah, for sure. And so, like I said, it was just, it's something I just thought about. But for him to kind of say Voight is this, like, incredible guy, essentially, in so many words. Interesting. But anyway, Woods just kind of ends the conversation, and he's like, you should enjoy your last day as a cop. And Roy Ruzik's like, I will. Um, This is hands down the best Ruzik scene in PD history. Oh, for sure. It's definitely Patty's best acting in yeah. PD's history. It's the best Ruzik scene in PD history. It's an, it's an incredible scene. When he said, screw you, when he was like, yeah, I've done all the math, like, screw you. I, like, threw my arms in the air. I was like, yes! Like, it's yeah. so good. It's, you know, it. it's so good. Um, then this scene is, the, the last kind of scene, um, the last, like, three minutes or so is all Ruzik of the episode. Um, and so, Ruzik, it almost, he's not cleaning out his locker because, like, he has the, like, hasn't admitted to anything yet but he's like looking at this photo of him and jay and al in their dress blues in his locker and i'm just like oh my god this is so sad i was like oh shit it's about to go down and then al comes in but the throwback though the throwback of like baby baby patty and like baby jesse yeah oh i love it um and al's like he's like hey you want to come like do it help me like interview a ci and ruzik's just like couldn't you like ask Atwater or somebody else? And I was like, you know, like, come on. He's like, I just like want to use you for backup. He's like, just like the good old days. And I was just like, oh no. And like, I was just like, oh. And like, in the some ways, I'm like, oh my God, my heart. Because like, the Al and Rusick stuff was so good back in the day. Like, as that kind of like 
father, like, pseudo-father-son relationship. Like, it was so good. And so I was just like, oh, my God, the nostalgia. Um, But on the other hand, I was just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's coming. But Ruzik doesn't see it coming, and he kind of thinks nothing of it. And as they're driving to this place where they're supposed to meet a CI, Al is talking about just what I just said, you know, how Ruzik has always been like a son to him. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh, God. Oh, even, no. Even Ruzik kind of registers that. The minute Al's like, yeah, you've always been a son to me. Like, Ruzik's face is just like, oh, shit. Well, especially because, like, I, you know, Al says it in a way that's like past tense. He's like, you were always like a son to me. Okay, what? So I'm not a son to you anymore? Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Um and Ruzik kind of starts to grow concerned a little bit more when he realizes that, like, they're not driving to the place that Al had originally said they were going to. And they all of a sudden arrive to this, like, place in the middle of the nowhere. We, I don't think it's the silos, but a lot of people see on Twitter, and, like, I think some of the cast were talking about, like, they use the word, like, silos as just kind of a way to describe it. So is it the silos? Is it not the silos? No one really knows. I don't think so. I don't think it is. I mean, I'm assuming... Like, set-wise, it probably is the same place as the silos, just because it is. But it doesn't look like the silos to me. But who knows? Either way, Ruzik knows, like, shit's about to go down. Like, this is not a good sign. And he's like, Al's like, yeah, that's the CI. And Ruzik's like, is that the CI over there in that car? And Al's like, yeah. He's like, we should get out. And the other car, like, turns on its brights. And Al and Ruzik step out of the car. And the other person gets out of the SUV. And once they kind of come into the light and the bright light's not as shining as bad, Ruzik sees that it's Voight and the episode just ends. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. I think that PD also did a really good fake out with this episode. Just because, A, from the promo they had shown after um, 508, it made it seem like the entire team was going to figure it out and that Voight was going to like figure it out way earlier on in the episode. But as we kind of, people seem to start figuring out that the promo was just all old scenes put together and like nothing really new. They just kind of tease that. But also from the episode description, I mean, they clearly like come out and say that like Voight's going to figure it out. Like Voight learns who's been, you know, ratting on the intelligence unit. So they kind of made it seem from even the episode description that Voight was going to find out, like, early on and that, that this entire episode was going to be dealing with it. So they kind of yeah. took this out in a lot of ways. They did. It was interesting because they never really explain how Voight knows. However, there is a moment that I caught that I couldn't help but wonder if maybe there was a deleted scene. When Voight and Al are on the bridge, when Barrett and What's-His-Face are on the wire and stuff, um, yeah. undercover, there's a moment where it looks like Voight's about to turn to Al and just be like, so... This is what's going on. I feel like that was the moment where he was going to, like, tell him, hey, I think something's up with Ruzik. But obviously they didn't go there. So I'm curious as to how he found out or how he figured it out. Yeah, and it wasn't until I kind of had also missed, like, the very first couple of times I watched this. I was like, oh, like, I kind of missed the part about Voight asking for a favor from Judge Wells. Like That I was just the kinda, light bulb, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I was like, oh, so, like, in my mind, I kind of want to think that, like, Voight's going to try to help make Ruzik's situation okay in the end, like, when we come back, um, because the judge owes Voight. But, like, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that really has – I mean, I would assume that's what the, – I don't know what they're trying to, like, make me think. Right. I think I, that's – and that's what I thought of after we talked about the case. I was like, wait, that's their way out right there is the favor with Judge Wells because obviously – they're going to want to prosecute the shit out of Ruzik, but yeah. this is, you know, Voight's got a lot of leverage being like, if you don't help my guy, I'm going to tell everybody that you committed murder. Right. And like I said, so the first couple of times I missed it, but now that I've seen it enough, I'm like, oh. But then again, I like you said, I think they're missing a deleted scene somewhere of like Voight learning about it. Like, I don't know. I'd be curious to see. Maybe it's something we see in a flashback when we come back in January. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Or just... Yeah, I, I mean, I have so many questions after this. Like, how did Voight find out? Just what, what, I don't know. And I mean, the minute I saw this happen and Voight, like, comes out of the, the like, SUV. he makes an entrance, basically. Yeah. He makes, like, a WWE entrance, by the way. <laughs> like, turns on the brights and then just, like, dramatically emerges. <laughs> like, total WWE entrance. Like, I'm expecting to hear, like, John Cena's music in the background. <laughs> like, and I'm like, yeah. fade to black. But my first thought, I was like, okay, well, I got through. I'm like, they're not going to hurt him. 
But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, or will they? Yeah, we Gina and I went back and forth on this a lot. We had a whole thing about like as soon as she watched it, I was like, uh, we were like, wait, what? Are they actually going to? Because you know, you want to think that no, it's Ruzik. Like they're not going to hurt him. They're not going to do anything towards him. But then again, it's Boyan now. Like they do bad things to bad people all the time. But Ruzik's not inherently bad. No, that's true. But also, it's Voight now. Yeah, it is. But I feel like Voight would, and I think we've talked about this, but I think Voight's going to understand the position that Ruzik was in because it's about his family. But I also think Voight's going to be pissed that he didn't come to him in the beginning. Yeah. Like, tell me the truth so I can lie for you. Granted, nobody in intelligence likes to abide by that. It's, it's a whole, yeah. I don't know. I, I still really don't know how I feel about this. And a lot of people, it's really funny because we obviously asked for people's opinions. And we didn't get a whole lot of, like, our detailed emails about PD as we usually do. But everyone was just like, fuck that cliffhanger. <laughs> like, what I thought the it hell was perfect. That? Yeah, I actually really liked the cliffhanger. I thought it was the perfect way to leave off. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. It was, it was oh. crazy. Yeah. But obviously it was just like, like I said, it's just kind of like your gut says one thing, but then obviously like Voight's actions from the past kind of say maybe it's not as clear as we think it is. No, I think if Adam's going to get roughed up at all, I think it should be for not going to Voight in the first place. Yeah, but it'll, I'm very, I'm really excited to see how it ends in, um, or how, when it comes back in January, like what it, how it plays out. I'm like scared. I'm like, I don't want (laughs) to. yeah um but so the last thing regarding like what actually happens in the episode is there's this one Halstead scene that we have to talk about um it's literally one scene they don't bring Jay's story up this whole thing and y'all made me think it was like this whole bad situation and I'm like in an air and I'm like wait that wasn't even that bad we yeah. told you that from the get-go, and you were like, I don't want to watch. You are like, Ashley, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, you were like, you were the one that was like, oh, maybe I'll just turn in. Like, we were like, oh, it's like the second scene of the episode. And you're like, maybe I'll just turn in five minutes late. And we are like, Ashley, it's not that bad. Um, and it wasn't. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But my first thing, when I literally, when I was texting Gina about it early, I was like, the fandom is not going to be happy about this. No. So what happens in literally, like I said, this one scene, there is no mention of it ever in the episode ever again, is Jay wakes up early in the morning, presumably, and he sees a text from Haley and is like, meet me in 20. And he's like getting out of bed and like putting on his jeans. And all of a sudden, there's like these arms that like wrap around his torso. <laughs> and it's Camilla, who is the brother of what the fuck is his name? Louise? Yeah, I forgot his name too. Louise, Louise. yes, Louise. Um, <laughs> from Jay's big episode in 507, Karen Fire. She's and back. She's back, which we knew she was coming back because she was in the episode description, just yeah, that Annabella Costa was a guest star. And so he's waking up in Camilla's bed and she's like, stay in bed. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I can't. He's like, I got to go meet a guy about a security gig. Clearly still lying to her. And she's like, you know, she's like, you know what I realized? And he's like, what? And she's like, it's our two-week anniversary. And I don't have a problem with this scene, but I every time I've seen it, I cringe at the word, her use of anniversary. Maybe just because <laughs> I don't believe in two-week anniversaries, but like... <laughs> Obviously, she's still a teenage girl, and it's like, right. we're celebrating! Like, two weeks. And she's like, yeah, whatever. And then he, like, gets up. And he's, like, putting – I don't know what he's doing, like, putting his watch on or something, whatever. And she's, like, so Ryan. And he, like, has this moment, and his eyes get big. And he's, like, oh, shit. Like, I'm still Ryan. And I'm, like, okay. He's still clearly messed up about this and the whole thing, and he's still lying. Um, See, I don't know about you guys here, but I forgot that he was undercover. Like, when she asked, like, where are you going, I figured he was going to be, like, oh, like, I have to go to work or something. And I totally forgot that he was still lying to her. Yeah, he's still lying to her. It's a it's a whole situation. Um, and But then there's a whole other moment. So there's two thoughts that I have. So the first is she has this moment and she's like in bed. And so he's like at the door. He's like put his shirt on, whatever. He's literally about to walk out. And she's like kind of pulls down the like one side of her like camisole or whatever. And she's like, am I seeing you later? And he's like, hell yeah. And that's like the end of the scene. But 
I'm thinking this moment that's supposed to be really sexy, and my first thought was there's no chemistry between them. Like, I, like I could care. Like, this is so stupid. I'm like, there is no chemistry between them at all. There is still more chemistry between them than there is between other couples that we have seen who will remain nameless. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> but for people, I feel like, and I didn't, I didn't watch this live this week because I was coming home late from a birthday dinner. But like, I so I don't know kind of what Twitter's reaction was when the scene happened. But if people were overreacting, then they really, in my opinion, they really shouldn't have been because there is no, like, this cannot, this is not going to be a long-term thing. No. And people wasn't freaking out as much as I thought they would be. Really? Yeah. I, I literally, I was like, the fandom's going to lose their shit. Right. And the, the foundation of their relationship, the whole foundation of their relationship is based on a lie. So if yeah. Jay really cared about this girl, you know, he wouldn't be going about it this way. Right. And that's, and that's my kind of second point that I wanted to bring up was just like this one scene. I mean, like I said, it is literally one scene. It makes it so clear to me that he's literally just using her as a way to try to cope. But to me, it just also becomes clear that using like having this love interest or like hooking up with someone is not a clear way for any character on any television show to cope with tragedy or death or whatever. Like it just made it so clear to me that like he still needs help. This is not the way to cope, you know? And I presume like, we don't know. Like, I mean, they said when it was announced that Annabella Costa was going to be a guest star that, she was going to be on for, like, a multiple episode arc, which technically she has been already because she's been in two episodes. So multiple episodes, it counts. But my guess is we're going to see her again. We haven't gotten any episode descriptions or anything for, like, what comes back in – when it comes back in 2018. But my guess is we're going to see her again and that at some point she's going to find out and it's going to be a whole shit show. But my guess is, is that we're going to see her again, but hopefully the next time we see her again will be the last time. I wonder if this is going to culminate the way it did when Antonio had that sketchy security gig with Layla and Ashler, how like oh, it went on yeah. for a couple episodes and then something totally messed up, messed up happened. And then like Antonio had to squeeze his way out of it. Oh, yeah. Interesting. But it's, it's almost like it almost be like this in reverse because it starts with like the case and like something sketchy happening and like obviously Louis Louis losing his life. And then it kind of, like, you get to see them have their, like, personal stuff and all the, like, small stuff back and forth kind of as, like, the B storyline. So it's almost like the Antonio situation in reverse. Whereas, like, Antonio started with the personal stuff and then it ends up in the big case. Whereas this started with the case and it now is, like, funneling the opposite direction. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. But, I mean, it's quite clear to me that there is nothing between them. Jay does not – this is not – that kind of relationship like he has no feelings towards her he's just looking for companionship right and that's kind of why and maybe I think that's also kind of why I cringe at her use of like anniversary because to me and like to the I'd hope the rest of the audience and probably to Jay himself like this is kind of supposed to be this like friends with benefit like like you said like just looking for companionship just looking for sex like just looking as a way to kind of forget everything that else that's going on but she sees it as this such the serious thing, and I'm just like, no, honey, no, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah. I don't know. That scene just basically showed us that we're gonna pick it up after the mid season finale. Like that's pretty much all it told us. Yeah, I like I said, I'm glad we got to see a little bit of it because it shows that like this isn't just something they're trying to pick up like five episodes from now, and then people will be like, oh, continuity that P- that thing that PD doesn't do like. Clearly, it's happening. Like, and I think this kind of just has always made my point is that, like, you know, sometimes things happen on off screen, and like, yes, it's a little no- bit annoying that we don't see it all the time, but like, they're still happening. Like, he was still suffering the whole time, even though we didn't see it on screen. And like, this is just, I think, their way of being like, clearly, he's still suffering. Like, we're not just dropping the storyline, right? Um, so that's literally that's the entire episode. Um, it's really heavy on the case and really heavy on Ruzik with a little bit of Jay. Um, and so, like I said, we talked earlier and, like, we threw out the non-Ruzik news, but after the episode came out, like, 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern hit, and there was, like, articles galore and interviews and stuff. So, I've read some of them. I'll be honest, I have not read all of them, um, but I can literally name them off. So, there was one from Entertainment Tonight, there was one from TV Guide, there was one from TV Line, there was one from One Chicago Center, there was one from... 
ET News. There was a different thing from one Chicago Center. There was one for Matt Carter. They were literally everywhere. Yeah, they. it was crazy. It was like an article, just tornado. It was crazy. But so, they yeah, all so they kind just, of... Anyone have anything they want to point out from any of them? Like anything, we'll tweet them out. Or like we'll tweet links to all of them. But does anyone have anything specific from any of them they they want to like pull out and talk about? Well, I'll point out one. There was a mention in one article where you know, and it was pretty much it. They all interviewed Patty, but they didn't. They didn't actually say like, or Patty didn't actually give the answer of like what's going to happen going forward. It was more what he thinks is going to happen and what he thinks the effect of everything's going to be. And so there was an interesting point where somebody asked him about what this is going to do to the Voight and Ruzik relationship. And Patty said, he's like, I think it's going to deepen it because, you know, you've got this guy who is going to come to Voight now, like this guy who works for him, and say, okay, this is what happened. I didn't rat you out. Now I'm going to go do seven years in prison. Like, that was kind of jarring. I was like, you're going to do what now? Yeah. Like, I don't know... And I've tried to think about all the ways this is going to play out, you know, because obviously they have their out now with the favor that Judge Wells owes Voight. Mm -hmm. But I'm also thinking of the alternative here. I'm like, what if Ruzik does go to jail for Voight? I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Yeah. And that's something that's kind of been a theory that we've been floating around in our group text, because if you follow Patty on Instagram, then you know that Patty has not been in Chicago recently. Like... The last like two weeks. Ever since Thanksgiving. Yeah, ever since Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Last two weeks. So, could this be because Patty isn't, or not Patty is in jail? Ruzik is in jail, and you know, like they don't need Patty on set right this second. I don't know. There's a whole like my mind just keeps going. I have so many theories. I, I like you said, Gina, I don't know how I would feel, though, about if Ruzik went to jail for Void. Because then that would, it's, yeah, it's so many things. I don't Plus, really still have Ruzik it formulated. Ruzik goes to jail, doesn't that mean that his sister gets found out, too, for her DUI? Yeah. So it's a lose-lose. And the only person he ends up protecting is Voight and not his sister, who he originally intended to protect all along. Yeah. So if, yeah, if Ruzik goes to jail, then that means presumably saying that the favor they asked Judge Wells for is that, like, his sister does not get brought up in this. That, like, maybe they say that, like, it was about a different, like, Ruzik lying about something else. Like, fibbing a different kind of report. Man. So, like, maybe they say, like, like yes, you can say Ruzik fibbed a different report, but just not say that it was the DUI report for his sister. Yeah, I just, you know, I feel like if Ruzik hadn't left for six episodes last season, I would be more okay with this. But the way it's looking right now is that, you know, he's going to leave for another couple episodes. And I'm just like, why are we doing this again? When I think if he was in jail or even if he was, like, on house arrest, like, something that, like, where he couldn't be working... I'd hope that, like, they would still find a way to, like, have him be present in episodes. I think that's what bugs me the most is, like, not necessarily that, I mean, yes, I have a problem with Ruzik going to jail for Voight, but, like, if they're just going to, like, there's other ways for him to be present in episodes without him just, like, being written off for, like, six episodes. Yeah. Because, like, if Ruzik was on house arrest, for example, then, like, I don't know, they could find a way for, like, Burgess to go over there or, like, you know, Kevin to go over there somebody to go over there and like have a scene with him yeah so that I think is what bugs me the most there was also something I know Marina did a Facebook live not maybe not last week but the week before that and she had mentioned that earlier that day she'd been filming with Patty so like who knows what is happening like I don't know it's just it's definitely been clear for like the last 10 days or so like he's been in LA because he was doing his like Instagram story q and a whatever on like the pd instagram on wednesday and he was talking about he was like i'm in venice beach like sorry for making you all jealous with the weather like he literally says he's like i'm in venice beach what the hell yeah and then like like we were talking about like the comments on all his other pictures of being like people being like oh we miss you patty whatever and i was like wait what huh yeah no i don't like to speculate about like (laughs) the cast members whereabouts like I hate that but this time I'm just like why aren't you in Chicago what are you doing here like yeah I don't like it I don't like it I don't want him to leave for another extended amount of episodes just me either 
Me just, either. And I feel like I just, if he goes to jail for Voight, I mean, that's just, and I mean, I guess maybe it drives home the notion that they are a family because we've seen Voight go to jail before for what he does and to protect other people. But, uh, man, just, mm, I don't know. But that also wasn't, but now that I think about it too, yes, we've seen Voight go to jail for Justin, but at the same time, that wasn't his choice. Like, he got caught from, like, because he got sold out, and he kind of just paid the consequences. Like, it wasn't the same thing as, like, him making the choice. Like, he didn't want to go to jail for Justin. He got caught. Whereas in this case, it's a little bit different because, you know, Ruzik has decided to, in some ways, come clean, and, like, he's willing to pay the consequences. Yeah, I guess maybe the consequences being that he would go to jail. Because I feel like with Justin, Voight kind of knew that that was always a risk. And that happened. And so I'm wondering if Ruzik even went into this knowing that there was a risk involved. I don't know. I mean, I I guess he always kind of knew that because Denny found out about it, that there was a risk that Denny would say something to Voight. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I just... The what ifs and the questions and everything, it's just driving me crazy. And it doesn't help that Patty's been in L.A. I really wish Patty's been in Chicago so we could just, like, feel a lot better about this. Yeah. But at least I will say this. At least this is coming on back on, like, January 3rd. And we don't have that. We don't have to go that long. We don't even have to go an entire month before we, like, see what happens. It's true. It could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. Yeah. It could be, like, that time we had six months before we found out where the hell Casey was. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this that is, is crazy. the end of us talking about Chicago BD's mid-season finale, season five, episode nine. Um, as always, you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Mollies, um, Tumblr to meetusatmollies.tumblr.com. Um, you can find, uh, you can email us, meetusatmollies at gmail.com. We have one, we talked about this at the end of episode 23, which is our new meta episode that is all, that also just dropped today, but we'll say it here again um, on this coming Friday. So the 15th, we will be releasing um, a new episode talking about this week's med, um, which is 304. Um, and next week we are going to be doing... Um, pilot rewatches for Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. We're also going to be doing a live tweeting session of the Chicago Fire pilot on Sunday the 17th at 12 Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. So make sure you're following us all on Twitter um, individually so that you can see, turn your notifications on so you don't miss it. Um, My Twitter handle personally-wise is at BrianaK13, Gina... I am at Gina Watches TV. And Ashley. I'm at Ashley095. Yeah, so you'll we'll be tweeting somebody will be tweeting from the like Meet Us at Molly's account, but then we're also gonna be tweeting from our personal ones and we'd love for you guys to take plate or take part in it as well. Um, but yeah, so we do have we still have at least three we have three more episodes to count before we go on a little break ourselves for the holidays. So um, but yeah. That's everything for this week. And until Friday's episode, we will see you later, guys. Have a great week.